Welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination. From our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at RollWithAdventure.com. And now let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll With Adventure. This session's campaign is of salt and blood. My name is Cass, and I'm the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins in the late evening of the 5th of Altor, in the year 1069 PR, in the parlor, where Alice has just transformed a figurine into a bighorned sheep. Now, before we dive right in, Let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, what intelligent delight or mind-numbing tale have you to share with us tonight? This week I said to somebody, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And they said, what? Is that a thing? I was like, yeah, it's totally a thing. And they're like, well, that's weird. And I was like, okay, yeah, I mean, I guess that is weird. I've just always taken it for granted. So I looked it up and it goes like way back, I guess, to when horses were a more common thing. And it really means don't look a gifted horse in the mouth because you, if you know enough about horses, can tell the age of a horse from its teeth. So it's rude if somebody gives you a horse to look in its mouth and be like, oh, you gave me an old one. You should just be grateful that they gave you a horse. Anyway, that's a thing that I learned, and I'm never going to be gifted a horse, so I'm going to just take a plus zero on that one. I love those phrasing things and, like, phrasing history like that. That is so cool. Like, one also that I've heard, which might, like, surprise you, is apparently, like, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Do you know that, you know that saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, the original French is you can't eat your cake and have it too, which makes a lot more sense to me. Oh my gosh, yes. I love learning like development of like phrasing and stuff like that in different cultures. So that's that is a cool fact to me. I guess I'll go next because I'm talking. Yeah, cool. So I had like a big brain week. I picked up the brief history of time by Stephen Hawking. And I've got really into it. <laughs> but a fact that I actually learned outside of it, of me like trying to marry my love of biology with physics, is how like wavelengths like affect our DNA and how, you know, these big wavelengths like radio signals and things like that don't affect us because of how large they are. 
in comparison to gamma rays and smaller wavelengths, which are small enough to cause like physical damage to your DNA and they tear apart your DNA, which is why like they're not good for you. So it made me start to think about how if there are light, if there's life on other planets, do they have DNA and has their term of like genetic processing become tolerant to the types of rays that like their atmosphere doesn't absorb, like ours absorbs gamma rays. So I'm going to take a plus two because I am on the quest now to find this out. And I like physics now. So plus two for me. That's cool. I always wondered why when Dr. Banner turned on the gamma ray, he turned into the Hulk. But if the gamma ray can interfere with your DNA, then like I guess that kind of makes sense. Well, my whole thing was like, I always knew how like, you know, radiation inter like interferes with your DNA, mm -hmm. but I didn't fully understand that just because those wavelengths are small, like they're small enough to hit your DNA and physically rip it apart, which was like very cool. Mm -hmm. and terrifying visualization and understanding to me yeah and terrifying so thank you atmosphere thank you plus two well fun i i also have a radiation fact that's weird yeah i i was like what did i learn this week and then i was like oh oh yeah there was this thing back in the 30s and it was called radithor basically they found radium and they were like wow look at this amazing thing that cures people of illnesses so they put it in medicine, and there was this specific kind called Radithor. It was just radium and water. And there was this guy that drank, like, three bottles of it a day. He was, like, a billionaire, so he could afford to do that. And he, basically, his bones melted. So don't drink radium. I'm going to give myself a plus one for that, because I think it's an important lesson. There's some interesting stories. I've always meant to look up more information about the radium girls who, if I remember correctly, they were the ones that painted radium on watch dials. I feel like we as humans are like, oh, cool new thing. It will be good for all the things. It will sell well. And then we we do crazy things that are not good for us. Yeah. The fact that you guys are all bringing up radioactive facts reminded me of I came across an article about radioactive wild hybrid pigs that have emerged near the Fukushima nuclear disaster zone in eastern Japan. That's really interesting. Can they talk? <laughs> oh, like the area of Chernobyl is like like a conservation area. Basically, the wildlife and plants are doing really well because it turns out people are worse than radiation. But there's also entire different types of mold that are now growing there as well. Yes. It feeds off the radiation in the basement. Let's move on to the next people's facts. <laughs> no, I must tell you the sadness of this thing. The The radium girls were female factory workers who got radiation poisoning because they painted watch dials with self-luminous paint. And they were instructed to point the tooth or the toothbrushes, the paintbrushes using their mouths because it caused less waste and it took, sorry, it took less time. So they were ingesting this radioactive paint because it was faster and cheaper for the factory. Um, and they, all, they were told it was totally safe. So they also painted their fingernails and their face and their teeth and stuff with it. Because, so, I mean, that would be fun, right? If you painted yourself with glowing paint. I would totally do that with my friends. We would be radium girls 100%. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's a really sad story, especially the fact that the company was like, it's totally fine. And also, it will be cheaper and faster for us if you lick the paint. So, the fact that I bring today is about 
alligator gars. You may be wondering, what's an alligator gar? Well, if you Google on Google an alligator gar, you find they are gigantic aquatic creatures who can weigh the largest one ever recorded was caught in Mississippi. It was about eight feet long and weighed 327 pounds. And I just think these things are nuts. Their scales are so tough. You have to cut them with a wire cutter sometimes. And their eggs are actually poisonous. So it's like a defense mechanism. I'm no, you know, scientist, but I just think that's really cool. And that's what happens when you stay up and watch YouTube at one o'clock in the morning. I'm going to give myself plus one because, man, those things are big and scary. I think you should update that to a plus two, if only because now I'm thinking about alligator gar people. Please, no. Please. Oh, please. I would prefer not. I'd face chamber hammerhead sharks all day long. Also, I've fed an alligator gar, and I can tell you that they are just as ravenous as they appear. My fact through my YouTubing journey uh, is I found that there's a classification of people that are known as digital nomads, uh, which is a recent, not recent thing, like within the last decade, where there are people who don't have a permanent residence and they work a bunch of jobs uh, that could be audit jobs. So like they do contractor work, freelance work. Maybe they have an employer that lets them work remote anywhere. And what they do is they travel to different countries in the world and work there for like any given time, anywhere between like one to two, three months to up time, sometimes up to a year. Uh, and I've found a bunch of channels that have a bunch of people who have like vlog diaries that describe this journey. And I thought it was so interesting that, uh, this was kind of something I was debating about doing with my new job, just more in the States. And it's kind of, it was interesting that one, it popped up on my feed, uh, this random video about this and two, that my idea of like, oh, I'll just travel around the United States and see different places. And there's people who've been doing it for years, over a decade now. Um, for and they're doing it in the world so it's like the same thing but over the world uh so that was an interesting thing to learn that that lifestyle is a real thing versus something that i just popped in my head so i'm taking a plus one for that because it's it was pretty inspirational let's see what you roll hey i did pretty good today uh, i got a 16 i got a nine i got a five 11. I got an 18, which would be 18 plus 2, which is a dirty 20. Mm -hmm. Hi, all. I am Disco. I am playing Alice, the radiant Genasi Druid, who is a walking, talking magic mirror. Hello, world. Uh, my name's Corey, and I play Kalina Floros, who is a human warrior who was previously of the Tauran army. Hi, I'm Allie, and I'm playing Maya Volta, a human cleric of Cain. May he protect us all. Hi, I'm Emmy. I'm playing Sylvie. She's a half-elf monk, and her favorite color is green. Hey, world. Carlos here, and I'm playing Marcus, a human rogue. And he would definitely try to eat the cake and have it, too. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember, here, we roll with adventure. 
exclamations of surprise. The howl of the wind. The staccato beat of the rain. The crackle of the fire. And the sharp plops of dripping in the far corner. You all stand or sit in the southwestmost corner room of Caligos Manor. What appears to be a parlor or lounge, perhaps, of some kind. Bathed in the orange light of the fire, you can see that this room is decorated in bold colors, blue walls, green fabrics with yellow accents, and heavy curtains of a dull and dusty golden hue. In the southwestern corner of the room, beneath a section of broken and water-stained plaster, forms a small puddle of water over buckling floorboards, evident that this leak has gone unrepaired for a long time. Thick drops of water plop into the steadily growing pool as the storm continues to rage outside, battering the windows. Arranged about the room are various pieces of furniture, such as upholstered high-back wooden chairs, a couch, a divan, many little end tables, and even one round table with a chair drawn up to it that has cards laid out on it and a few scraps of paper. Upon the mantle of the fireplace, up until a moment ago, sat five animal figurines, though now only the basalt badger sits upon it. Alice, in the fashion he had seen Baghilda do so in the past, had tossed the figurine of a big-horned sheep carved from serpentine while uttering one of his many magical phrases. And so, our scene for this episode begins not with a bang, not with a whimper, but rather with an unabashed and bleating. Alice smiles as he now eyes the remaining figurines. Where Alice had previously tossed the serpentine sheep now stands a large sheep with large curly ram horns, a tough and a shaggy woolen coat, though all its wool is slightly tinted green with little striations of white and black running through it, similar to the coloration of serpentine, the stone from which the figurine was carved. The sheep bleats again before it turns, noting a rather scrumptious-looking piece of upholstery on the back of a chair, and begins to nibble. Now, who would have put something as adorable as you in a sealing vessel like that? Alice will take out his wand, and I'm going to start ritual casting Speak With Animals, and he's going to kind of look at the others expectedly, and then his eyes will meet the remaining figurines, kind of in a way to say, well, aren't you all going to 
summon an animal as well from a figurine. Are you sure you're safe, Daedalus? I mean, a sheep, okay, but a wolf? That's a good point. What if, what if we're supposed to save them? Like, oh, we could just hold on to them, and then if we need a wolf, I mean, that he, it could be helpful if we end up in a bad situation. Maybe they would fight with us, or yeah, in a way, I don't know. Come across that shark thing. I may be, uh, I'm, I may be naive on things of magic and whatnot, but the idea of having an animal locked in a magical prison that we can summon at any beck and call it doesn't seem to be a good, smart idea. That's just my opinion. And he's just gonna place his statue down. No magical prisons do very bad things to the subjects inside of them. I I have to agree with you, Marcus. I don't know much about this, but do you think they're real? That sheep seems strange. Colors off? Can I pet the sheep, Cass? Would you like to? Yes. I would love to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Go right ahead. Alice will pet the sheep at the reference that it could not be real. The wool feels strange. To be honest, it feels far more durable than the wool that your sheep have. Oh, you will become a wonderful coat. You see the sheep meet your eyes, still chewing on a piece of the upholstery, almost as if it can understand exactly what you're saying. Did any of you watch Rocky and Bullwinkle? Not I. No. No, that was what I missed, unfortunately. Yes. That is so sad, because in Rocky and Bullwinkle, there's this, like, subset of stories, the Dudley Do-Right stories. Um, and there's one that has always stuck with me because it was so ridiculous. The, the main villain, Snidely Whiplash, gets bulletproof yarn and has a bulletproof Snidely suit knitted for himself. So when Cass said, oh, the wool's really durable, and Alice, you were like, oh, this is going to be a great coat. All I could think was, we will turn his wool into armor. We don't have any. The warden will never suspect our knitted armor. <laughs> Magical wool armor. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> Our first plus one that comes from a enchanted sheet. If only it wasn't a hideous shade of green that will cra- that will clash with my blue complexion. Oh dear. <laughs> Maybe we can die. Hey, I like green. Yeah, I could. I could. Oh yeah, I'll make. I'll make. Kalina, this color would be great on you. Kalina's just staring at the sheep. Confused. Huh? You said something, Alice? Alice does not hear Kalina. He's enthralled with the sheep. Uh, can, I, can I meet its eyes and kind of... What would, I mean, Alice kind of like, you know, treats his sheep like people. And I'm sure he would be scruffling its head a little bit and like, you know, checking out its features and telling it what a good sheep it was until my speak with animals comes to you. What are the rest of you going to do while Alice continues to cast his spell? I think Maria's probably going to 
stand at the doorway looking out, keeping an eye to make sure nothing sneaks up on the rest of the group. Are you keeping the door just cracked slightly? Are you... Oh, did we shut it? I'm fairly confident that you shut it at the end of last session. And you do have light in this room. Maya will just keep an ear to the door then. And if I didn't say it before, as the cantrip runs out, Maya will just continually cast light on her fork. Kalina would kind of just keep staring at the sheep and what Alice is doing and kind of just like stare at it blankly. She's really confused by this. Remember that you also are holding a wolf figurine. The only figurine that is still sitting on the mantle is the badger. Marcus put his down. That is correct. There is an elk next to the badger on the mantle. With that said, Carlos, what is Marcus up to? After Marcus puts down the... It is an elk. I believe you said that last. Uh, Yes. Marcus is going to... Kind of recovering from his stupor from the dance. He's going to head over to Maya and just kind of ask in almost kind of quiet tones, a little freaked out by, you know, Ram stuff like that, the sheep. Just ask Maya, I'm sorry I didn't come to you sooner, but are you all right? I saw that your hands not looking so hot right now. I'm a Hey, I think. I think more than anything, I just feel... I just feel so weird that so much happened and I don't remember any of it. And apparently I played the harpsichord, but I don't remember any of it. And that kind of scares me. Did I, did I black out? Did the house possess me? And if it, if it can make me play the harpsichord, what else could it make me do? That's a good point. It has... Used to say, uh, proof is in the ale, so to speak, because, uh, hands are kind of cut up there. But I, I think that if we be wary, we can get through this. But I'll, you keep a look out here and I'll, I'll go back to the others just real quick. And that's what it'll do. Everybody else seemed fine. Maybe you should keep an eye on me. Maybe I. No, susceptible or I don't know what it is, but don't don't let me do anything that I wouldn't do. I will, I promise. Thank you, Marcus. Emmy, what is Sylvie up to? Sylvie desperately wants to pet the sheep, so as soon as Alice walks up to it and it doesn't like I don't know, disappear out of the room, she's gonna walk up and just like sit next to it and start petting it. And then she'll probably like look at the raven statue in her hand and like contemplate it but i think that she'd end up just putting it in her pocket or something she's probably just sitting there talking to the sheep your wool's such a pretty color i've never seen a green sheep before i wish i had some goat no sheep food but we left all of ours at home you should come home with us like the sheep would respond to her and then she's probably also pretty tired so she probably is just just sitting there, just talking to the sheep. Fighting against exhaustion. Mm-hmm. As you're talking to the sheep, as, as you're talking about food, the sheep sort of looks over at you. It's still eating a piece of upholstery. Bah. And after a ten-minute period has elapsed, your spell will have successfully been cast. As Alice's spell completes, you know, the, w- the way that this spell works is his pupils, which look just like 
two mirrors floating there stare deeply into the sheep's slanted sideways pupils and slowly as the spell finishes they mirror those eyes perfectly so i imagine him turning to sylvie and you know he's smiling the same you know because the sheep is so soft except his eyes now look like goat eyes you see the sheep it looks over at sylvie as well and while still chewing you hear it say huh what do you think yeah you don't talk much do you no you gonna let Gerald out? He's gonna want to know where Geraldine is, too. You should probably leave Tunneler where he is, though. Yeah, and I don't remember the name of the... Mm. Oh. Percival. Uh-huh. Yeah, don't... didn't remember his name. Or was it Persephone? Might be her. Oh, and yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. I really wish that you two legs could talk. Just so boring. At least this chair's tasty. Um, is he he's still talking? I don't know to interrupt the sheep. No, I think you're good. Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt your conversation. The sheep slowly turns until one eye is looking at you. Huh, don't hear that every day. I can always understand you. Hear what? Oh, well, you know I'm talking. I do. I can... I, I love to te speak with sheep. I've... I have six... Is it six? Now it is. I have six ladies at home who I love chatting with. Oh, six ladies, you say? Yes. There's Bria, Geneva, Serena, Tina, and then there's Vienna. But Vienna doesn't isn't really great with conversation. Oh, huh. I haven't seen a lady sheep in a long time. I don't imagine there are many flocks of lady sheep traveling through a haunted manor such as this one. This place is haunted. What? What have you done, Val? Oh, oh, you didn't, you didn't know? You see the sheep back up and it backs up into the table and knocks it over. What do you mean haunted? This house is full of spirits and specters drawn to the darkness of the bones of this manor and estate. And by the way, I assume that Alice is like bang to the rest of you. So, um, while he's giving this, um, <laughs> dissertation on the, on the terrible nature, he's, he's probably bang. <laughs> what do y'all he, he think he's saying to this sheep? Does anyone speak sheep? No one speaks sheep. Uh, the stupid question. The sheep has backed up and knocked over the table. The sheep looks terrified at whatever Alice is saying. He's probably scaring him. He's threatening him. Yeah, Alice. Get him, Alice. Get him. I'm not scaring him at all. I'm not scaring him at all. I'm just informing him of the terrible dark nature of the curse upon this estate. N nothing. Nothing serious. Oh, good. Something light and hearted. So he won't eat us. I think that counts as scaring people. I feel like the sheep thinks it's serious. Yeah, he looks pretty scared. What'd you say to him? 
the sheep, my friends. Oh, what's your name, by the way, sheep? I'm asking his name, everyone, before I uh, address him farther. Isn't that the first thing you're supposed to do when introducing a new person? Sheep, monster, thing. I'm I'm learning manners. It's uh, it's new for me. Ramsay. Do you know though that Ramsley is the butler in the haunted mansion? Though, is there anything that is left to? How do I put this? Chan, <laughs> this is amazing. We may or may have watched that last year. Dun dun dun. Less than oh, inception noise. The storm has flooded the road. All right. Anyway, my favorite part. Um, everyone his name. He says his name is Ramsley. And he was uninformed of this house's predicament. Hey, Ramsley, how long have you been on the mantelpiece? Um, what year is it? 1069. 1069? Yes. I don't know how to count. Right, right. It's usually us counting sheep. Well, when was the last time that you took corporeal form? What? Oh, of when, when 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 did you last have a walk? Oh, like what was going on? Boats, lots of boats. You were on a on a boat. Uh huh. Easy storage. Oh, hmm. Do you know where you are? House. Yes, house. Good. Is this your house? Can I eat it if it is? I'm gonna turn back to the group. What's it? What's it saying, Alice? Is it a trap thing? That is it a person that's trapped as a sheep? And do we need to free it? It wants to eat things. Um, like us things. What kind of thing? Yeah. What kind of things? It's simple. Uh, it it appreciates upholstery clearly, and apparently. St- structure as well perhaps it was used in demolition of some kind sheep were you Uh, i'm sorry not sheep that is so rude of me ramsley were you used in demolition previously what the sheep was not used in demolition everyone i don't know why i thought that silly idea are you under some kind of curse ramsley are you or are you happy this way is this how you've always been as you've been asking him this question, he's turned back to the chair and he's taken another big chomp and ripped a piece of the upholstery off of it. Very happy. This beast has not befell a terrible curse, as far as I'm aware. He just seems to be a simple, happy sheep. Ramsley, do you know these other animals? And can he, like, like personally, like, do you personally know any of these other creatures? And he'll point to you know, he'll be like, everyone, can you please hold up your, the statues you're holding for him to see? Maya crosses to pick up the badger for the first time, and we'll hold it out. When you hold out the badger, the sheep sort of huffs. Tunneler. So we would dig the raven out of her pocket? Gerald. He'll want to know where Geraldine is. Okay, will just kind of casually, like, flip it forward where you can see the wolf. Mm. Personal. Or was it Persephone? Marcus will go to the elk and pick it up and, uh, no pun intended, sheepishly 
hold it up to Ramsey or I don't know that, though Marcus doesn't know that. You know what I mean. King. Ramsley here has been saying the names of all of your, uh, of all of the, uh, figurines you're holding. He'll point to Maya's. Like he called this one Tunneler. And I should also note, he unpromptedly said that, um, Tunneler should be left where he is. So, uh, oh. just, just keep that in mind. Puts him back immediately. Then over there, uh, he'll point to the Raven. Uh, that's Percival. Don't wake Tunneler up. Tunneler, Tunneler, Tunneler sometimes not happy. Unless he digs. Only half people digs. Ramsley here says that Tunneler will not be happy unless he can dig. So keep that in mind. So we should take him. He's not going to get to dig in the house. Oh, we should take all of these wonderful items that Ramsley has said that as he has arrived on a boat and been stored. Do I know this to be transmutation at this point? Yeah, you could assume that this was some kind of transmutation spell. You're not confident if this is a permanent spell that turns them into the statue and then they have like a period of time in which they can turn back into the animal before they revert back to the statue form. Or if was just a storage measure and Ramsley's now Ramsley. Huh. I will convey this message to the group and I'll inform them of how uh, transmutation works probably in a little bit of a grueling speech. I will then turn to the raven and inform. I'll be like, that. that's Percival. Apparently he's looking for uh, a Persephone. Did I get that right? I don't know. Alice, that's what Alice thought. Um... And, um, Marcus, your elk is named King. Perhaps he is of, of a ruling stature. King. Alright. Uh, K-I. I don't know how to spell. I don't know what I'm doing. And, Kalina, the sheep was un- Or, sorry, I keep doing that. So rude. Ramsley was unsure of your figure's name. It could be Geraldine. No, not Gerald. No. Percival's looking for Geraldine. Um, it could be uh, Persephone or... Uh, wait, no, I got this wrong. That could be Percival or Persephone. Sylvie, you're holding Gerald. There we go. Sorry. There. There. That's it. That's their names. Don't don't worry, Alice. I imagine translating from sheep it isn't easy. It's not easy. I have kind of a crazy idea. Hmm? You do? What if we just... Wake Tunneler up and get him to dig us back to the town. Well, I'd imagine he likes to dig dirt. Not... And can I kind of tell what what's underneath me? <laughs> it appears to be floorboards. Not floorboards. You wouldn't be surprised if there is even a basement, perhaps? I mean, we could go outside and we could, we could you know, be protected by oh. a tunnel I like that. As Maya says the word outside, wind smashes and buffets against the windows. We're not. We're not. I think Hadoom has other plans for us. No, I don't think it's him. But he's the god of storms. You think he would isolate us in this house for some reason? I don't know. I mean, oh, I hate to say this. Maybe there's something here we're supposed to do before it'll let us go. The pull of destiny. I would say just burn it 
they tried burning it already, Kalina. It, it didn't burn, remember? So we have to set all the spirits free, or make them leave, or I don't know. Or maybe they'll just become our best friends and join us on the ship ride over to the new uh, continent, even. You're right, Alice. That would be great. If we're not just here to weather the storm, then perhaps we should continue exploring. Get this over with. Then we can go back and make sure Vanessa's alright. This seems like a good as place as ever to rest if we... I mean, look at you, Maya. You're, you're pale as a ghost. You're... No, don't say that. Oh, sorry. Just a term of phrase. Pale as a, a sickly, alive person. <laughs> your um, fingers are... were eaten by that torture device. Look. My ankle. And your ankle must be killing you. Mm-hmm. Your ankle's twisted. Well, and Sylvie, you've still got that. Your side must still be quite painful. Yeah, I mean, I think we could all use some rest. I, I think it would be better for us to wait until after we've had some sleep to explore the rest of this a house that's clearly very haunted. Well, uh, then I guess we should take it in turns to keep our eyes and ears peeled that nothing sneaks up on us. Sounds good. I, I could take the first watch if we need to. I feel like I got more sleep than, than most of you. Perhaps I should go first. Well, you kind of need it more than the rest of us anyway. I'm used to not sleeping anyway. Okay, well, yeah, thank you. Should we attempt barricading the door? That's not a bad idea. It would make us harder to surprise. Although, if we're worried about ghosts, I hardly think they'll be deterred by an earthly barricade. Perhaps a shark person would... Yeah, I forgot we were Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, barricade sounds great. Absolutely great. For larger furniture in this room, there is a divan and there is a couch. Either of those could suitably be pushed up against the doors. All right, but well then we should totally do that. Maya would try to help, but she'd be kind of like shoving it with her hip towards the door because her hands really hurt and her ankle is twisted. I can get this, Maya. You just take a seat. Thanks, Kleena. Sorry to be so... Marcus, you want to help me out with this? Absolutely. Be right there. Are you guys grabbing the divan or the couch? Which one is booby-trapped? Marcus, which one do you think would work better? The couch or the divan? Or, sorry, the couch or whatever this thing is. The couch or the smaller couch? I guess uh, that one looks like a smaller couch, so... Maybe... Yeah, let's go with the bigger one. All right. You need to move a bit of the furniture around the room to get it out of the way so you can move the couch over to the door. And as you do so, Alice, your spell continues and perhaps you ask Ramsley a little bit more. Perhaps you don't. But in approximately the last 12 seconds of your spell is when Marcus and Kalina move the couch and there is a distinctive squeak from a couple rats that were behind the couch that had been in hiding that suddenly go intruders the intruders have found us oh no oh no we need to warn grandmother warn grandmother and suddenly there's a couple rats that are darting across the walls heading towards small little holes and my spell's done at that point 
you have maybe six seconds to say something. Wait, don't. Friends, we're friends. As you are saying that, you hear one one of the rats squeak out, Grandmother! And all the rats scurry it away. Except one. And this rat looks at you, and then its eyes change color. What? They briefly become completely opaque. And it squeaks something in your direction that you sadly cannot understand. Before it turns... And then seems to almost be confused, looking about where it is. Notice you again, and then race into the hole. I'll wave. You guys get the couch up against the door. You've barricaded it as best as you can. Perhaps putting something to try and also hold the to hold the handles a bit more as well. And with that, you guys can rest if you would like. Hey guys, um, those rats that just ran away they called us intruders and said they were going to tell grandmother now i am not afraid of an old lady rat per se they could be very kind perhaps a lover of cheeses that they've tasted over their lifetime but no haunted house i don't know how i don't know how that sounds so, just thought I'd let you all know that Grandmother um, apparently knows we're here. I hate the way that sounds. I mean, they're just rats, right? I mean, what can they do? Nothing is just anything in this house, honestly. There's talking sheeps, or not talking sheep, though. There's big old sheeps. Not good news. Trying to lighten the mood, Maya would probably laugh and say, but I mean, they might be moon rats. Is that a dangerous subspecies that dwells in specifically no i just you know old, old man long step and his moon people i i was just joking that maybe you know moon rat oh right don't say his name he might pop out of nowhere alice will laugh Plato like kind of just awkwardly chuckles like i i don't want long step to be right <laughs> yeah i mean what if he is though what if it is just all the moon people sylvie also laughs I think I'm getting silly. I need to sleep. I'll take the small couch, or I'll take the couch in front of the door. Uh, Marcus, you can wake me. Well, I guess I get woken up if something tries to break in. Uh, but I'll take second watch. Comforting, but yes. Uh, we'll be all awoken if something tries to break in, rest assured. Would, um, if I can make some kind of alarm system... Would everyone just prefer to sleep? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like someone should stay up, but that's that's my opinion. That's what I would recommend. What kind of alarm system, Alice? I've surmounted if I can tie a thread from some of my string, perhaps, to the locking mechanism on the door, or and then create a point of tension on a few of us where if the string is released or moved or broken in any way, it would wake us from our slumbers. But I guess you'd have to be a still sleeper as well, but perhaps I can rig something together. I think that would help us with the shark people, but I don't know about the ghosts. If only I had anti-ghost thread. I wouldn't worry if I could stab the things. But something tells me I'm not going to be able to do that either. I would feel better if we kept the watches just because this house is so creepy. Alrighty. 
then I shall keep watch. Everyone should get some sleep. Thank you, Marcus. It's my pleasure. Try not let the ghost bugs bite. (laughs) There are ghost bugs, too. Frantically writing ideas down. No! (laughs) Oh, no! So, are you guys going to trade off for watches at all through the night? Or is Marcus not sleeping at all? And will he be incurring another level of exhaustion? Yeah, no, I think we're we're trading off, I think. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kalina volunteered for second yeah. part of the watch. Yeah, Milo go after Kalina. Sylvie's happy to go whenever, so. Same. So how about Marcus, Kalina, Maya, Sylvie, and Alice last? Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Alice will throw his cloak out, which is like all comfy and that's what he's going to lay his head upon try to wrap himself up as much as he can I was just going to ask is is Ramsley still kind of just there? Yes Okay, so Kalina would make a note like, what do we do about him, her Ramsley's a guy name I guess I'm going to call Ramsley over to, to sleep When you call Ramsley over he comes over, sits down, and assumes the position of a pillow. Oh, oh, that's adorable. And promptly, immediately falls asleep. Alice rests his head on Ramsley, his new green serpentine sheep pillow pet. Maya will probably uh, curl up near wherever Marcus is because Marcus has agreed to watch over her and hopefully not let her get possessed again. I don't know what Marcus would do to stop her from being possessed, but she feels safer knowing that somebody knows she's worried and is watching. Probably can't do anything about it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair, but it'll help her sleep better. Kalina will lay in the uh, couch that's being used as a barricade with her knife out, kind of like at the ready. And with that... You will each, one by one, go to sleep. So, Marcus, while your companions lay down their heads and they begin to rest, you sit. Are you watching the door? Are you watching the windows? Are you watching the holes the rats scurried into? Are you watching the fire as it crackles? I think... Marcus would, being used to keeping watch, Marcus would kind of do a surrounding look. You'd kind of, I don't think he would look at the whole, the rat scurried it, but he would look at the windows and the door for sure. Give me a perception check. That is a 17. The wind and rain, they still continue to come down hard. The dripping in the far corner, it's constant. The fire, it crackles and it gives out light. But the heat doesn't fully permeate the room. There's always a little bit of a chill, a dampness to the air that it doesn't banish. But otherwise, your portion of the watch will pass uneventfully. Can you please, though, give me a... Constitution saving throw. That's a wonderful five. B12. 
before you have the chance to awaken the next individual for watch, you will unfortunately fall asleep. Uh. As your head droops, Marcus, the adrenaline that has kept you going flows out of you. Each of you, as you have lain your heads down to rest this night, have felt that adrenaline vanish to be replaced with pure exhaustion. Exhaustion, though, that devolves into a deep sleep fraught with night terrors. Long, twisted corridors turn into fog-covered fields, blood-stained alleyways, gloomy forests. You run, the locations juxtaposed together by your mind. Before you looms and stretches another hallway of rotting wood and peeling paint. You run. All the while, a distinct sound follows you. That of heavy footsteps and the scrape of metal. Or is it bone on wood? It is coming. It is closing in. It is coming. It is closing in. You chant this to yourselves as you run. You must run. The sound stops. Your heart pounds. You awaken. Maya, Marcus, Sylvie, and Kalina, you awaken. Just to clarify, we all had that same nightmare? Yes, all of you. Oh, is it? Is it my turn? Oh. Is it my turn? Damn it. What time is it? Kalina will wake up stabbing in the air. (laughs) Again, and breathing heavily. Is everyone okay? I'm fine. Colleen, how are you doing? Do you see her, like, pull her arm back? Yeah, I think I'm fine. Maybe. Uh, Is it my turn for the watch now? She looks around and sees the other two awake. Just No, I I think it's my I think think it's my turn. So I'm sorry if I woke you up. I just... The fire has burned down low. It is barely embers at this point. The wind and the rain still pelts against the house. Glimmers of light also break through the curtains. It is morning. Everyone, I'm... I'm... I'm sorry. I... I think I fell asleep. I tried to stay awake, but I... I just couldn't. We've been up for so long, Marcus. I understand. That's true. Nobody could blame you. It, we were all exhausted. Yeah. And everybody's fine. We're fine, right? I guess. Cleta checks over herself, notices there's no wood from a broken door. Uh, yeah, well, we're alive. Each of you can complete a long rest. Alice, you can also complete a long rest, but I'll get to you shortly. Feels so much better. I really needed that. I feel a lot better. Is everybody else feeling better? Yeah, I'm I'm still a little bit sore, but I feel I feel a lot better than I felt yesterday. Then I guess we should probably set about figuring out whatever it is we have to do here so that we can get back to Vanessa and the sheep and our jobs. At the note of sheep, you do notice that Alice is the, the serpentine sheep is no longer there. Hmm. Alice appears to be sleeping on top of 
the figurine <laughs> as a pillow. Oh, that doesn't look comfortable. I'm surprised he's still asleep. Alice? There is no answer. Maria will go shake Alice's shoulder. Will everyone please roll initiative? Oh, shoot. Oh, good lord. I should tell you. Oh, excuse me. For what purpose? (laughs) (laughs) We're just trying to wake him up. Can't trust no sheep. That's for sure. He's not a morning person, is he? (laughs) 16. No, he is, I think. I got an 11. I got a 17. Maya, as you reach down and you sort of go to pull Alice to side, it his clothes sort of push in and down. As you sort of roll him a bit to the side, there is something staring back at you you did not expect. Mm. Wearing Alice's cloak appears to be a humanoid skeleton made of prismatic glass. Alice? And with that, it will smash one of its claws up towards Maya's face. Oh, great. Does a 13 hit you? Yeah. It will deal four slashing damage. And with that, Kalina, it is your turn. Alice has just, from your perspective, you can't see that this is not Alice. You saw a glassy hand reach up and basically, like, scratch at Maya's face and then try to push her off, like, backwards to knock her prone. Alice, what the hell? And then she'll, like, leap, or she'll, like, leap, roll off of the couch, or, yeah, the couch, and go to where Maya is. She's not grappled or anything right now, is she? Nope, she is not. Uh, I'll use bait and switch and move Maya behind Kalina and stand in front of Maya. Awesome. And that lets me add a superiority dice of armor to one of us, which will be Maya. That's who I'll choose for this one. So, you get, wow, that was pretty good. Uh, Maya, you have 8 AC until the start of my next... Plus 8 AC? Yeah, plus 8. Wow, thank you. And she'll just kind of, it's kind of like a protective move. She'll like grab you and like shove you behind her and stare down at Alice, looking very angry. You are now staring in the eyes what looks like a skeleton crafted of glass that is hued in all different vibrant colors. As it has been, basically as you did your bait and switch, it began to rise from its prone position. Okay, same thing, uh, clear to look over, like, Alice? It does not respond to you. Is your bait and switch a full action or is it a bonus action? Full action, I have to take my action to do it. Then with that, I think, Maya, it is your turn. Okay, how far is Sylvie and Marcus from where Kalina and I are? For my headcanon, I pretended that Alice was over in a corner of the room. Sylvie and Marcus are at most 10, 15 feet away. Oh, perfect. Okay, so Maya is going to say, Hi, King, lend us your strength. And she's going to point one hand towards Kalina and the other hand towards Sylvie with her palms facing outward and like a little faint pulse of gold sort of shoots from her to them and for a moment you see like a a snap of 
light connect them and then disappear. And I'm going to use my emboldening bond. So as an action, I choose up to two willing creatures within 30 feet, creating a magical bond among them for 10 minutes. And when any bonded creature is within 30 feet of another, once per turn, they can roll a d4 and add it to an attack roll, an ability check, or a saving throw that they make. And Maya will say, This isn't Alice. Kalina, Sylvie, stay together. And that is my action. Marcus, it is your turn. Did I hear Maya say that? Most assuredly. Unless there was some other loud noise in the room that you want to make happen, you definitely heard Maya say that. Marcus will be super reluctant, but he will take the short bow, and he's going to try to shoot at this skeleton. It's going to be a 20 to hit. That will hit. How close is Kalina? Kalina is within five feet of the creature. That is going to be 14 points of piercing damage. You see your arrow fly true through the air, and it strikes and embeds itself into one of these glass-like bones. And you see translucent little fractures and cracks spiral out. But how they spiral out, it doesn't seem that it's caused substantial damage to this creature. Sylvie, it's your turn. A strange feeling, a link between you and Kalina has been forged by Maya. Sylvie's going to see Maya and Kalina a few feet away, and she's going to run up to where they're standing and look at this creature that is wearing Alice's clothes? Is that what this creature is doing? It does appear that Alice, wherever he is, must at least be without his cloak? Perhaps more. You don't, you're unsure at the moment. Are we sure this isn't Alice? I mean, what if he's possessed? I don't want to, um, Sylvie's going to, she's gonna see that Marcus is sure because he already hit him, or the Breacher, and she's going to whack it with her quarter staff. Not great. It was a seven. Is that with the d4? Oh, no, it's not. Seven plus four is, what, eleven? With your reluctance to strike it in case it is. Actually, Alice, how you bring your quarter staff down does not strike true or connect with it. Perhaps you jab a bit to the side in hopes that you can knock the cloak off of it, but... You don't strike true. She's going to then go, ah, okay, I can do this, we can do this, it's fine. And then jab out with her fist, which is not much better. It's a 10. And I can only apply the d4 once, right? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Nope, she's really nervous about hitting Alice. And with that, it will go. So my assumption at this moment is that Kalina is in one square a jet next to it, and that Sylvie is in a square next to it, next to the creature as well. Maya is in the square behind Kalina, and Marcus is a bit farther across the room. That sound about right? Yes. From my point, yes. I think so. Yep. You'll see the creature, it shrugs back its arms, rotating some of these bones that almost seem to float in sockets. And it shrugs Alice's cloak off and onto the floor. You see it reach out its hand, grabbing it onto the side of one of its rib bones, 
and begins to pull, and it draws out of that rib bone a scimitar made of this prismatic glass. And from its other hand begins to form out of the same osseous, prismatic, glassiest substance, a shield. And then it will make an attack. Kalina, it does not successfully strike you. It is your turn. Uh, all right, Kalina will go, okay, if you're not sure, and then tries to stab it with her uh, knife. Well, I don't think I need the d4, but add it anyway. 18 to hit. That will hit. Uh, six points of piercing damage. Can you please make a dexterity saving throw as you strike out with your weapon as it sort of moves itself a bit so that your weapon might catch in between its bones? Oh boy. Fifteen? You just barely are fast enough pulling your blade back out. I should say, if you don't think you need it on your attack roll, you could save it in case you need it for an ability check or a saving throw later on before your next turn. Oh, I thought it was only until your next turn. It lasts for 10 minutes and once per turn. You can do a d4 to an attack roll or an ability check or a saving throw. But it's once per turn, mm-hmm. right? That includes like my reaction if I used it. Yeah. Excuse me, for something like that. Okay. Sorry, I misunderstood the spell. No worries. Uh, with that, Maya, it is your turn. Okay, so I am going to cast Sacred Flame. And Maya is going to say, Lord of Flame and Blood, rain down your righteous fury. And a torrential rain of red sparks is going to descend on the target from somewhere above. And where each spark lands, it burns. I don't know what kind of effect that has on a crystalline skeleton, but that's what it does uh, if I hit. <laughs> so let's see if I hit. Oh! Is it an attack roll or is it a saving throw? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's an attack roll. Oh no, they have to succeed on a dexterity saving throw. Curses! My nat 20! Well, it only got a six. Yay! So it's gonna take some damage. Not as much as I would have if I'd been able to attack, but. Um, oh! Okay, it takes eight damage. So, that's good. As these little motes of this red light falls and touches it, you see almost little concussive explosions of radiance happening inside it and across it. And you see that this has hurt it considerably more than any attack that has previously been against it. So based on Maya's training, this the spell is reacting in the way it should against an undead. Quite, quite likely. It further confirms for Maya that they, she doesn't think that it's Albus. Marcus, it is your turn. Marcus will do the same thing he did before, and he will try to shoot with his short bow. Does a 19. Yes, a 19 will hit. Jeez. Yeah, the new dice are killing it for me right now. It's going to be 16 points of piercing. Another arrow flies, and this one catches it. And where it catches, it does break some of the bone, 
the glass bone off, and you see that as it falls and hits the ground, it loses that luster and the translucence it has, being replaced seemingly just with normal bone that then begins to crumble and break away, disappearing into dust, as if it wasn't there at all. Sylvie, it is your turn. Okay, I'm really positive that it's not Alice. I don't think he would do this to us. <laughs> and then she's going to uh, take her quarterstaff and really try and whack it this time, for real this time. And I'm going to use that E4. I got a 14. That will hit. Six bludgeoning damage with the quarterstaff. As that quarterstaff below is being dealt to it, can you please make a dexterity saving throw as it tries to jiggle its bones to catch your quarterstaff and hold it in place? All right, these dice are not... We're not friends today. Ten. Your weapon is stuck. While you are wielding this weapon, you are considered grappled by this creature. But you can end the grapple by just letting go of your weapon. Or, on another turn, you can attempt a strength check to pull the weapon out from where it has been stuck. Or, if this creature is defeated, you can just pick it up. So then I think she would realize that it was stuck and just drop it, because she's not, like, attached. I mean, she is attached, but, like, in an emotional way. So then, okay, now she's really annoyed. There's a quarterstaff dangling out of this creature. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that was really rude. So then she's just gonna try and hit it with her hand again. Great! Okay. That was good. 14 plus 6, which is what, 20? Yes. Dirty 20. So then that's 5 points of damage just from her being actually angry at this thing now that it has stolen her staff. With that, it is this creature's turn, and it is going to try to bash Sylvie with its shield. It's going to smash its shield towards you, Sylvie. Uh, does a 16 hit you? Nope. Misses. You just gently sidestep out of the way. Perhaps the fact that your quarterstaff is at that angle is actually blocking it a little bit from being able to hit you. So it will not attempt to knock you over. Kalina, it is your turn. She kind of goes a little more carefully <laughs> since I tried to grab her weapon last time and we'll just kind of like try to slash at it. Um, this time. Probably won't change much, but that's flavorful. 23. That definitely hits. Eight points of piercing damage. This creature is definitely looking worse for wear. There are little fractures that are crisscrossing it in lots of different spots. Small pieces of it are breaking off and falling, and where they do, they lo it loses that translucent luster that it currently has. But can you please make a dexterity saving throw to see if it catches your weapon or not? Well, nah, that's 24. Your blade work is too quick to be caught in its ribcage. Maya, it is your turn. Okay, I am going to cast Sacred Flame again, so it's going to need to make a dexterity saving throw as a rain of red sparks. Does a 10 pass? No, it doesn't. That is going to be 6 radiant damage. Please describe the end of this strange skeleton. You said that there's little radiant explosions as the sparks hit the skeleton, right? 
Yeah, how I was imagining it is that each of them was sort of a carried within them a little nebulous mode of light, and that when it hit the skeleton, because the normally how when they hit the undead, they would explode into them and then it would damage them and fracture and break them apart, but because they're the bones are translucent, you actually could see that light spreading out across them. The only thing to note is that no matter how you describe this, when it begins to break apart, it loses that luster after, as it dies. So what I'm thinking is, as the red sparks uh, rain down from the ceiling, they seek out the cracks in the skeleton. So as they explode, they're bursting open where it's already weak and it breaks the skeleton into pieces and it kind of loses cohesion and cohesion and falls to the floor in a broken heap. As the skeleton clatters to a broken heap, there's a brief breeze. A breeze that shouldn't be in this room because no window is open that pulls the ashes of the skeleton as it seems to almost break apart into ash completely. Small motes of ash and dust that seem to be drawn towards the fireplace like a vacuum. Like into a void. Mm -hmm. Alice's cloak is there. The small sheep statuette. And we will switch scenes. Alice your dreams are fraught with twisting hallways and shadowed recesses. You race through them over creaking floorboards as a great shadow pursues you. You round a corner and a great dark maw gapes before you. A hole in the floor engulfs everything before you. You turn to run, but the shadow looms behind you, blazing red with blood. You stumble back, screaming. And the dark maw behind you swallows you whole. You fall past swirling motes of radiant star stuff, through passing clouds of icy crystals ringed around vast orbs of impossible and insurmountable beauty. You fall into darkness. You fall. In the distance, a light far beneath you blossoms like a flower, first white, then blue, until you see that you are hurtling towards what could only be described as a vast island shaped like the claw of a giant crab. Great lush forests crisscross it, divided by towering mountains, expansive plains, and a massive, tangled mire. There's a flash of light in the distance, cyan in coloration, before a bolt strikes a structure that stands apart and crisscrosses across the island below. A great symbol blazes beneath you, a grand design. You awaken. You awaken into pitch darkness that quickly gives way to... Wood? Are you even awake? Is this still a dream? The space is cramped and stifling hot as you lay curled on your side into what appears to be a wooden receptacle of some kind. And then Alice is going to like, you know, in uh, Lord of the Rings, when Gandalf hits his head, like he's going to sit up. Is, it, it, is the space cramped enough for me to do that? 
you will quickly smack your head and fall back down. Oh! Oh. Can I look around and do I see anything? Am I like in a coffin? Perhaps that might be what shoots through your head at first. Is this death? I'm dead. I've died. It's a coffin. I think reflexively, can I take the form of a rat? Yeah, go right ahead. So I am now a white rat with a long tail. And I have room to move. At first, Alice will take a sigh of relief at having some space to, like, kick back. And this little white rat is going to, like, lean himself against, like, the... Or myself, rather, against, like, the the edge of whatever this is and kind of, like... <sighs> and kind of relax into it for a minute. Are things any different from this perspective? You think you might be in... It could be a coffin, but it might be a barrel, even. Or... Maybe just a box? I mean, now that I'm a rat, I'm, like, tiny. It's huge. To you, this is a massive... This is big. It's like a mansion coffin. But you also recognize that this probably is... This was cramped for you. So if it is a coffin, it's probably a coffin for someone that's smaller. Realizing that, and I guess, should I break my wild shape? There's no way for this rat here to, like, try to, like, scurry his way, like, out at, like, an edge of this or, like, try to, like... Can I try to analyze where these corners meet? Go right ahead. Give me an investigation check. Thank God I hold on to my intelligence as a rat. Yes, that'll be a 10. The wood seems a bit old, but it looks like whatever this is, it was made well. There aren't any obvious gaps that you can escape from as a small rat. I will uh, pop my wild shape. Sounds like a pop. And you will probably hit your head doing it, or at least hit your back... I'm going to try to use it for, like, momentum and, like, try to, like, kick my way out of this. So you bump against it and it almost feels like there's something heavy on top. Can I turn that bump into a knock? And can I, like, knock twice? Be like, hello? Is anyone out there? You can just push up, you know. Well, thank you for your advice, uh sleepy mysterious voice and Alice will push up you clearly were in some kind of box and well for previously you thought that the box maybe it had, the top had been nailed down it isn't and you pop up and you are in a room that looks very unfamiliar to be honest looking about this room has walls of stone and there are shelves and racks and various boxes and around you you're still holding the lid above your head are various boxes and barrels well i freaked out for trying to get out of nothing alice is gonna look around for the voice that spoke to him hello who said that As you look around, you don't see anything. You're still holding the lid of the box above your head. And you just, you continue to look back and forth. (laughs) And then, at the edge, leaning down from the top of the box, comes first a beautiful cat-like face that is emerald green followed by 
a long, sinuous body. Oh. It appears that what had been previously coiled languorously on top of this box or barrel is a creature that resembles a long serpent, but it has front legs or arms that end in three-fingered claws with a beautiful cat-like face. The scales of this creature are a mottled artichoke and fern green, while its underbelly is a sleek, short-haired, creamy white fur. At its elbows and around its ears, the back of its head and adorning the tip of a tail that flicks down on the other side of the lid you are holding. Like a fan is a beautiful, fine, long-haired white fur. And you note as it slowly comes down and looks at you in the face. Along the length of its deep green body are small patterns of elongated ovals of white edged in crimson red. Oh, um, why did you seal me in that box? And who are you? And wait, is my speak with animals working? No. What is this? You don't have speak with animals currently active. It ran out before you went to sleep. Alice does not realize this. The creature looks at you and then just sort of stretches and it places a paw that lands on the air and it sort of slithers and coils and as it does it gently comes to rest on your shoulder and slithers around so that it's now resting on your other shoulder and drapes its body across your shoulders sort of like a a feather boa I have to tell you you are the most adorable noodle cat I've ever seen no offense it looks at you no offense taken and then will close its eyes and begins to purr what are you doing around my around my neck are you just like hanging out you could say that well you are hanging we've been together for such a long time i'm just i'm just meeting you for the first time now you could say that are you a ghost here as it says that you notice that its eyes they sort of reflect a bit similar to a mirror and you remember suddenly you're standing briefly for a moment back in the few moments after you had been released from the mirror that you had been trapped in the fragments of the broken mirror around you and that the frame of the mirror had been a golden serpentine cat that was playing with its own tail. I wish you could, like, see my face right now. <laughs> I wish I could, too. Oh, God. The frame? The frame. Oh, you've been with me always, then? It pops open an eye and says, We are rather familiar. You are going upstairs, aren't you? Upstairs? Quintil will be back with his body suit at some point. Body? And Beg Hilda would be very upset with me if I let you die to some two-bit herald. The creature languorously yawns 
two long, wicked fangs visibly standing out as its maw yawns wide open before closing demurely. It blinks once or twice at you before it closes its eyes softly with a purr. But the choice is yours. I guess. I mean, Alice is, of course, going to be looking around the room looking for a way. But there is a deep expression of panic on his face. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. The temporal dissonance and... Am I traveling through time? Am I in the present? Am I I in the past? Am I where? What's going on? Am I hallucinating this? And he's going to be making his his way, I guess, out of the box. Very Kill Bill moment for me. And be looking for a way upstairs. So it seems that as you climb out of your box and you get a bit more of a look around, you seem to be in a portion of what might be the basement. It appears to be a wine cellar of some kind. And as you look about, you can see that there are three doors leading off this room, and many shelves. There's a door that I'll use cardinal directions, just for ease. Uh, So there's a door in the west wall, and there's two to the south. You have just climbed out of uh, some barrels and a box that was, actually, appears to be under the stairs. And there are rows of shelves down the center of the room. And another row of shelves that are along the northern wall. Does this cat, cat serpentine creature's eyes remind me of the mouse that we saw whose eyes became translucent for a moment? Or is that a different... They don't. Okay. This cat, ironically, its eyes, though its eyes looked different... And do you remember that the frame of the mirror, how it looked, do you remember that the eyes on the the mirror were actually small little black gems? Just like the two black gems that had adorned the front of Bekilda's spellbook. Interesting. As he's thinking, can Alice like reach a hand out and grab a bottle of wine from off one of these racks? And just a random one. And He's going to, like, be walking and panicking at the same time, thinking that he's been sent into the past and... Or he's, like, experiencing some type of mental break right now. And he's going to be like, wait, which is... Which is the door upstairs? Is it this one? And I'll point at the one at the south, asking his familiar. The creature does not respond. It just purrs softly in your ear a sound that reverberates across its entire body it's quite pleasant and it is quite warm oh i don't want to wake you all right i'll just do this one and i I will try the the door to the south you're gonna try the doors rather than going up the stairs oh oh no i will go right up the stairs i will go right up the stairs I had a different mental image. Alice is facing the wrong direction because of how confused he is and does like a soft pivot as if he never was facing the wrong direction and makes his way up the stairs in a panic. In a slow, like he's internally panicking, but he's walking quite slowly. So you will come up. You will slowly begin making your way up these stairs and they creak. They creak considerably. 
as you creep up these stairs, you will note that these stairs, though they are covered with dust, actually have footprints on them. Footprints that go both up and down. Both human footprints and webbed footprints. Terrifying. Terrifying. Do, do, are there any suspicious smells? Nothing that smells like what you smelt on the boat. Is it rotted? Yes. There is a bit more like that, on the other hand. <laughs> you come up into a rather large room. An enormous room, to be honest. It looks like this might have at one point been a few smaller rooms that had been connected together, and it is clearly apparent why. It appears you have entered into the kitchen. Ooh. From your vantage point over at the stairs, which are in the northwestern corner of this room, directly to your south, there is a closed door. A bit further to the east, there is another closed door. And then the room sort of opens up into a large kitchen area. The walls here are covered in peeling white paint, and where the paint is peeling, you can see the lath and plaster beneath it. It's peeled, and there's been enough damage to this room that in some places the plaster has fallen out in chunks onto the floor. Three large windows set into the north wall of this room illuminate the room freely. Wind blows through them, and bits of rain come splattering through. As you look about, you realize that it is... At first you think it's just because it's there's a bit more light here, and then you realize it's morning. Alice has just had a moment of when you're late for work, and you see the clock, and he is brought back to the present in his own mind of his friends, and that he is now alone in a haunted house and it's not really about him he thinks all of you are dead i think at this point so can i just do a quick surveillance of this kitchen and see if there's anything out of place or amiss so the three large windows set into the north wall illuminate this room freely because the glass has been smashed in them it clearly has been smashed long ago as there are fragments of glass strewn about all across the floor if you glance out, you can see that these windows look out to sea, and you can see that even though it's daylight, the storm is still raging out there. But stranger than that, you think, looking out these windows, based off how far the clouds go, that this storm might only be in a couple mile radius around this house. Whatever magic you sensed in the storm yesterday... You're pretty confident that that confirms that. The shutters hang uselessly open and clap back and forth in the wind. Tattered remains of curtains hang billowing about inside the room around each of the windows. And while they might have been white at one time, they are now a dingy, dirty beige. This room, of course, has much less dust thanks to the open air. However, the elements have taken their toll. The sturdy wooden tables look worn and weather-damaged, and on one of the tables sits a large handsaw and a coil of rope, next to an enormous copper pot. 
Another table has a hatchet buried in its surface, surrounded by various brown stains. You can see that you are standing right next to one set of stairs that leads down, but a bit farther in front of you is another set of stairs that apparently lead up. The two doors to your south, to the south of where you are currently, are closed. And it looks like on the far end of the kitchen, there is a little bit of a hallway that might lead to a couple other rooms. And you can see a door on the other side of the oven. So I would like to gather the rope, and I would also like to kind of survey the surfaces in here as well as quickly look if there are footprints, because I'm kind of trying to get an idea of whether or not the were shark utilizes this kitchen for, like, living. There are various footprints scattered all across this. But because of the there's less dust here, it's a bit harder to tell. For sure. But there's at least footprints that cross from the large door that leads out. That is between two windows on the northern wall. That lead to the outside. That lead from there at least over to where the stairs are that go down. Did you say there was a, a copper pot? Did I hear that correctly? On one of the tables, there's a large handsaw with a coil of rope that is next to an enormous copper pot. Can I investigate this copper pot and see if there's anything inside of it or if it's warm to the touch or anything? Touching it, it does feel warm. And is there anything inside of it? Are you going to lean your head over it? Yes. As you begin to lean over it, there is... Suddenly, a burst of steam that comes up from the pot. And with that burst of steam, a shriek. A female shriek. That fills the air. And you briefly, for a moment, almost think that you see in that puff of steam, a skull. Switching back to your companions elsewhere in the house... What have the rest of you been up to since your unfortunate encounter with that interesting skeleton? Maya would gather up the cloak and the sheep figurine and would probably take the badger one from the fireplace and say, Okay, now we've got to figure out what happened to Alice. He's got to be around here somewhere. Right, and he didn't open the door, right? Kalina and Marcus, you would have noticed, right? The couch is still in the same place, right? Yes, a secret door. There's got to be some kind of secret door or trap door. Right, or maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, okay, okay, we can do this. You know, it's possible that with all the weirdness and the magic in this house that Alice didn't go through a door or whatever took him. Maybe just took him. Kalina would have spent the time, like, looking for footprints or drag marks anywhere. You do not find any footprints. You do not find any drag marks. Nothing seems amiss. Aside that Alice is gone. And replaced in his stead was that thing, which now there is no trace of whatsoever. Ryan's probably tapping on the walls and looking for... Use holding her fork up and looking for 
joins in the wall, in the stone on the fireplace, or, you know, like, cut out outline trapdoor in the floor kind of a thing. I think Sylvie would be helping Maya with that. They're, they're both trying. It is the walls of an old building. They do sound hollow in some places. In others, they don't. But you get a mounting feeling that Alice is not here, and that whatever removed him from this room may have done so, perhaps with magic. Are you finding anything, Sylvia? I can't find anything. Maybe Marcus is right. Yeah, I mean, I guess Marcus must be right. Maybe he just, they, I don't know. We better go look for him, right? He must be probably somewhere in the rest of the house. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, we're going to find him. Let's move this, uh, let's move this couch and we'll get out. Um, while they were searching, Kalina would have went to, you said there was a, corner with like water damage or like a collapsed in part of the ceiling yep uh Kalina would have looked over there and tried to look up it and see if she could see anything looking up through some of the broken slats and the plaster where it has fallen you can see that it goes up to perhaps what might be some kind of deck or balcony the ceiling is decently high in this room it's not like something could climb up that way this is like between thin bits of floorboard that have broken. So there's a, like, there's a hole that goes through it? Sorry, just trying to make sure I'm visualizing this right. There are some small holes, but there's not a big hole. Otherwise, a whole bunch of water would be coming down. Okay, so not nothing like someone could have been fit through it or anything like that? No, most assuredly not. That being said, Alice can turn into small animals. Hey guys, she'll point out the holes. Do you think Alice was possessed? Oh, like me. Or like me and Marcus when we danced? It's possible. Well, we've got to find Well, I don't think we're going to find him. Even we can't fit through those holes. So I think we should go maybe and try and hope he's in the rest of the house somewhere. Will somebody help me move the couch? Absolutely. Well, we'll take one end and get the couch out of the way so we can open the doors. As Maya and Marcus are doing that, can Sylvie collect the cards? They fell over, right? Then Bram knocked over the table that they were on. Yep, she wants to take them. You pick up the cards, and it appears that there were four tarot cards. You're unsure of what their orientation was, as they were knocked off the table. But as you pick them up, they are the Tempest, the Hangman... The Emperor. And a chalice suit card. You guys are able to move the couch with little strain, and you enter out into the ballroom. It is at about this time that you hear a high-pitched female shriek come from another portion of the house. And as that note rings out, as it comes spiraling out of the copper pot in front of Alice's face. And as it reaches your ears, we will end tonight's session.
Um, oh, I said, um. I have a feeling that by the end of this campaign, Maya's going to be carrying around a fork that probably will be the equivalent of an artifact. <laughs> yes. This is a set of cutlery. We should just get Maya a set of cutlery. Blessed my cane. Different, like, cues for the different silver. Like, gotta get a silver piece and a gold piece. <laughs> oh, would it? Kane demands a salad fork, <laughs> not a meat fork. <laughs> oh, you used your dessert spoon. It was clearly a soup spoon spell. All, all power's gone. <laughs> Patron dropped. Not good enough. But I think that... Oh, no. I don't remember Carlos's character's name all of a sudden. <laughs> Are you under some some cur, cur, some kind of curse? Why am I British all of a sudden? Eight levels later, party comes across a abandoned campsite. It's been attacked by ghost bugs and alligator gar people. <laughs> <laughs> it was an alligator gar people campsite <laughs> with ghost bugs. Question is. Is their skin eaten or just their souls? I apologize for my contribution to this possible nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. Except this time we're in the house that supposedly has this thing. I mean, we're living the nightmare, so I feel like the sleep should be fine. Everything is going to be really bad. <laughs> we are guests. We're in the lounge. No one's going to bother us. Like, you know, right. hosp- hospitality. It was Colonel Mustard in the parlor with nightmares. <laughs> oh, that's a terrifying way to end. I want this copper pot <laughs> with a woman's voice in it. I want to take that just so you know. <laughs> And now we just got to figure out who's screaming if it's... Yes. Is people the, we know. This house? Oh my God. Right. Do we run towards the scream or away? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe the scream will run towards you. Ooh. Oh, God. No, please. No. Oh, that's... Great. Mm-hmm. It's just Alice just carrying a screaming bot. <laughs> I want it. I want it for our house. <laughs>